The heavens declare the glory of God. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Let us be attentive. Brethren, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is well that the heart be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited their adherents. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp and bear the abuse he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city which is to come. Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Peace be with you, the reader. listen to the Holy Gospel. Peace be with all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Let us be attentive. The Lord said to his disciples, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Think not that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. 
I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But he who does them and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You're sitting at home, and the doorbell rings. Well, it's that box from Amazon you've been waiting for. That new kitchen gizmo that you are dying to set up. So you take it out of the box, you plug it in, you turn it on, and all the lights go off. So you grope around for the circuit breaker, and you flip the circuit breaker on, and the lights go back on. And you go back, and you box up that gizmo from Amazon and send it back. You're sitting at home one night in a sultry summer night it is. Flash of lightning, rumble of thunder, the lights go out. Excel to the rescue. They hunt down those fallen wires. They turn back and fix that transformer struck by lightning. The lights go back on. God is sitting on his throne in heaven. And he looks down at his creation, his beloved world, plunged into darkness, error, deceit, violence, anger, destruction. What's God going to do? Well, he's very resourceful. He has a plan. And the plan is you. You are the light of the world. You're the ones who are going to flip the switch and enlighten our community and our world that we live in. There's no plan B, there's no Excel, there's no circuit breaker, turn the lights back on in this darkened, fallen world, no. 
you're it. You're the light of the world. You're the plan of God. You're the way God sees the way forward to a new creation. Jesus says it very clearly in the Sermon on the Mount. You are the light of the world. In our hymns to the three hierarchs, we called them what? The lamps of the world. Now, that's a tall order. How are we going to do this? Well, first of all, we have to break down the problem. Why is the world in darkness? For one thing, it's in confusion. Confusion reigns everywhere. We have more information than we can hope to process, and yet with all the information in the world, there's very little wisdom. There is no rhyme or reason to human conduct anymore. Every man or woman is a God in his own eyes. There is no logic, no logos. For the logos, the word, the logic of God, is Christ himself. And he seems so missing in so many lives, and there's so much confusion. What do we do? How do we enlighten the world? Perhaps this can help from the Sermon on the Mount. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bare, bad tree bear good fruit. So we have to exercise discernment in the world, teach others not to judge by the glitter, not to judge by the glamour, not to judge by what the neighbor is buying, not to judge by everybody else does it, why not me? We have to be discerning of all the messages we're getting and sift through them with the logic of Christ, the enlightenment of his wisdom. But the world's not only confused, it's downright corrupt. It's rotten. Seems like the powerful do as they will, and the weak endure what they must. This is fundamentally contrary to the entire prophetic voice of the scriptures. God said clearly, I don't want your sacrifices. I don't need them. What I want is justice and mercy.
That's how we have to enlighten the world, to explain God's desire for justice, mercy, love for our neighbor. I was reading recently about a monk in the days of Byzantium who taught very clearly that we should love our neighbor so deeply that we wear his clothes and we suffer his wounds. But the corruption goes deeper than just simply financial shenanigans or corrupt politicians. We've become decadent. We've become downright rancid in our media. We have such a portrayal of such a low view of what it means to be a human race, a member of the human race. Is this what we're supposed to be? I would prefer thinking I descended from an ape than to think I've descended into this cesspool of vulgarity, this rancid portrayal of what human life is like, what human beings should aspire to. We need to enlighten the world about that as well. And again, from the scriptures, this time from St. Paul. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's an enlightened form of prayer to meditate on the goodness, on good and just and pure and beautiful. But finally, the world is not just simply confused and corrupt. It's also cold. There's a coldness in the world, a numbness. People shrug their shoulders. They say, I, don't, I can't watch the news anymore. I, I, I can't, I, I can't, what can I do? I'm just one little person in a cold, corrupt, confused world. Ah, but there again, we have to enlighten ourselves by this truth, the truth again that St. Paul taught us, that God's greatness is made pure and powerful through our weakness. God enlightens us to be humble, to be patient, to be hopeful, to be people who endure, people 
who understand that this world is a world full not only of pleasures and beauties, but of suffering. And we need to do what we can in our weakness and in our humility to elevate the greatness and the goodness of God. So these are all ways in which we can be lights to the world, shedding wis spreading illuminating wisdom to confusion, spreading illuminating justice to corruption, spreading illuminating hope to a cold, numb world. Again, there's no plan B. This is it. We are the light of the world. And let's not hide our light under a bushel, but let it shine from a hill to the glory of the light of the world himself, Jesus Christ, to whom belong all glory, honor, and worship, together with his eternal Father, his all-holy good, and life-giving spirit. Amen. Please rise. That ever guarded by your might, we may ascribe